Welcome to What's That About? Today we are discussing self-driving cars, which would be great. Gives me a lot more time to, uh, I don't know. Nah, damn it. I reckon it was only, oh, I reckon, 18 months ago that I actually figured out how to use the cruise control mm-hmm. on my car. And whenever I use it, it still feels a little bit freaky. And my legs are just kind of dangling off the edge of the seat like I'm a Muppet hanging <laughs> off a wall. And I don't, I don't really know. I just don't know what to do with my legs. Yeah, exactly right. They're just like sitting they there become uselessly. useless. Yeah. So, while I'm getting used to cruise control, I turn around and see that Google has now made a car which is driven across America by itself and did about 99% of the, the driving without a human touching a, a steering wheel or a button. So, we're, we're on the brink of self-driving cars. It's pretty exciting times, Donovan. It is. It is exciting. It's one... It's just getting closer to, you know, just being in the world of the Jetsons, which I'm a big fan of. Oh, who isn't? But the, even the Jetsons, yeah. he, he was driving that thing. It was in the air... Was he? But he was controlling it. He had his little steering wheel and it was putting away. On the way to Spacely Sprockets? Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, what do you know about self-driving cars? What are we dealing with here? Uh, well, I know, depending on who you asked, some people say it really started kicking into gear, or the whole concept of car automation in the 80s, when you had things like anti-lock brakes, stability control, and, you know, I think, as you mentioned, cruise control is sort of part of that as well. It only um, took me 25 years to catch on to cruise control. Yeah, cruise control. <laughs> My fingers me, on the pulse. I've only just recently had a car new enough to have cruise control. <laughs> I just got electric windows is exciting for me. It, you know when you're a kid is. and you, electric windows is like, this is the future. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it was amazing. If you had yeah. electric windows and we were growing up, you were the richest family in town. We just had, you know, we just had to the old-fashioned wind down. Yeah, it would take two, two, 20 minutes to kind of get your window up and you'd get a little cramp in your arm. That was the... I'll tell you what, though. I had guns when I was 10 years old Because they were... Some of those windows were so hard to wind up and down. It was like a workout every every trip. That is so true. <laughs> so, kind of kicked off in the 80s with elements of the car being automated. And then you push on, you know, 30-odd years now. And... They've made cars which drive themselves by having sensors and GPS and cameras which navigate the environment without human input. That's kind of how far we've come, which is pretty exciting. It's crazy time. Yeah, it's pretty cool, actually, because essentially what you're going to have, you're, it's just going to be like a second bedroom, really. You're going to yeah. have a sitting space, TV. You may not even have to wear a seatbelt. I don't know. They think that if, if they're all self-driving cars on the road, safety is going to go you know, through the roof. Yeah, exactly right. It'll be it'll be a comp- in terms of insurance and all the implications of all of that. It'd be mm. massive. Well, the thing I think is really interesting though is they did a survey when they asked people like, "Would you be interested in driving a or being in a self-driving car?" And most people said, "Nah, not interested." I like really? I like driving in the car. The manual car was even the preferred type of car, and really? people aren't keen in in self-driving. Where did cars. they do this survey? Where was the survey done? It was. I reckon they went down to the local lawn bowling uh, facility <laughs> and just it over was... cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> Beryl, are you interested in a self driving car? Nah, that's <laughs> that's about it. How does she sound again? Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. 
Too old, no interest. <laughs> it was what's interesting for me is you know how it's kind of when you think about because one of the reasons people didn't like it was because they think it's going to be more dangerous and you can't trust the software was the main reason that people didn't like it. And that is, I think that's a genuine concern. Well, it's interesting though because the self-driving cars that they've put into the market have never caused an accident. It's always people mm. driving into them through human error. And that's true. I think. I think. Yeah. There's obviously software based, and there will be glitches. And I think it's also obvious they're going to have a lot of very sound safety mechanisms to it. So that's right. It's the thing. It's like a one of these. What do you call it? Like an like an emission bias, where you think I can see why a self driving car would cause an accident. Therefore, it's dangerous. But you omit the knowledge that we have tens of thousands of car accidents already under a human-operated system. So, as long as you're, mm. you're not comparing it to no accidents, you're comparing it to the baseline. So, will there be less? I think there will be. I've heard like 90% reduction in accidents. Yeah, that's that's enormous. That's pretty good. That's a lot of lives saved. Yeah, I think the, like, to me, what's interesting about it is there's this, almost like the psychology of, of risk perception where there's, it's not just based on the likelihood of a problem happening. There's also how much control you feel you have over it. So it's like people are, are anxious flying in planes because the probability um, is low, but the control is low. Whereas people are more comfortable driving in cars, even though the likelihood of an accident is higher than it is in a plane, you feel you've got more control over it because you're in the driver's seat. So it's kind of yeah. It's like an unrealistic yeah. view of their own ability. I think yeah, that's right. Oh, the perception, or, yeah, the perception of of being able to control the outcome somehow when when really it's not not the full picture. Yeah, but I kind of feel like that as well. You you always feel a bit safer when you're in the driver's seat. Oh, I hate being in the passenger seat. Yeah, <laughs> well, we you have this weird thing where if you're driving even on a twenty hour trip, you won't let your wife drive. Doesn't need to. Doesn't. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get tired. My hands are. Uh, <laughs> I'm at ten and two. I'm. I'm. I, I'm comfortable. She's comfortable. Everyone's happy. I think you're a robot. <laughs> that's, a, that's the only possible way. Because I'll get in a car as soon as I sit down. I'm. You know, if there was a pillow around, I'd be having a nap <laughs> straight away. I just get really dozy. I have this but thing. You're that like I the Terminator. If I'm not lying fully horizontal, I will. I can't mm. sleep. So in a chair, really? I'll never sleep in a chair. So. In a car, I'm laughing. Gee, it's impressive. Part of me is like, that's oh, unsafe. Part of me is like, that's bloody awesome. <laughs> 20 hours straight, that's insane. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> so, what are, the, what are the pros and cons, do you reckon? Well, I've got a bit of a list here. Um, so, there's a few. Some of the advantages, they say, is that, as we mentioned, decreased uh, traffic collisions caused by human driving errors. Um, increased roadway capacity and reduced traffic congestion due to the reduced need for safety gaps. Because that, that ability to kind of monitor traffic flow, so if I'm coming home from work, it'll shoot me a different direction depending on what it knows is happening in other areas. Yeah, and and what they'll yeah, also do good. is the cars will be able to communicate with each other. Well, that's good. So if there's a car coming and they go, okay, don't... It's kind of like a sophisticated version of the, you know, the flashing the lights thing when there's a police car ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like... That's the only communication that can be done these days. <laughs> Bit of a flash and then the obligatory wave afterwards. Thanks, mate. <laughs> That's on the road. It's funny how we, how we try to communicate with like aliens in space is by flashing things. That's what we do yeah. on the road as well. So the only thing you've got is the flash of the lights. <laughs> I, that and the horn. 
Yeah, that's true. I never yeah. feel more part of a community when someone gives me a, a warning that the cops are around the corner. And I, <laughs> we're all in this so together, you, guys. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Kumbaya, everyone. This is great. <laughs> I actually stopped doing it because I'm like, you know what? I've got kids in the car. If they're speeding, I'm not going to warn them if they're speeding. They can just cop a ticket and maybe learn a lesson. I agree. 100%. Yeah, I don't do it either. It's pretty nerdy of me, though. No, nah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. It was, I guess, one of the other advantages is drivers are freed up to do other things other than drive. But for the life of me, I couldn't think what I would do. Like, if you're in a confined that's, small space... It's just more TV time. It's all that's the only thing I could... <laughs> TV or phone. Look at... Oh, gee, I haven't checked Facebook in the last true. five minutes. It's just, done. <laughs> so, my wife always goes, oh, I better get up to date with the news. And she goes into the news feed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the news feed. Did she say that? <laughs> That's, That's true, though. Cause... Another another thing, um, there's a reduction for physical space required for parking because you don't need to park. The, the car can drop you off and then just go like 10 kilometres away if it needs to be. Like, it's not a big deal. Oh, I can drop and you at the door and then on... move. Oh, that's good. And then park, yeah, like anywhere. That's interesting. It's always... It's really cool. Can you imagine, though, like there's, there'll be a, there will be a day when... You essentially, you don't have taxis, you don't have public transport. You just have a large number, like a fleet of driver, self-driving cars that you just walk onto the street, you step into one, it takes you where you want to go, you move off, and it's like, it's like, um, kind of like Uber, but it's all automated. Yeah, and Uber is, people theorise, they're going to be the people that bring it in because they're a pretty forward-thinking kind of company. They're going to be the first people that do automated car or like... Sorry, self-driving cars. Eventually, they're saying people won't really even own cars. Yeah, as you said, it's going to be a fleet of cars under a company that you subscribe to, and then you use that to get around instead of owning your own car. Good. They should just test but, it with little, you know, those little um, Roomba vacuum cleaners. That'd be the that'd be the safest way to test a little <laughs> prototype of how that model how that would work in um, in a community. <laughs> a Roomba. <laughs> you know, those little Roomba things. What are you testing? I don't get it. Just, just put like a little Lego man on the Roomba and let it go around. And, oh, and just, gotcha. Gotcha. Just see whether that would... Just a little proof of concept. I like it. It's just it's like a scaled down version. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to try with actual humans to begin with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other implication. Road rage. What are angry people going to get angry at now? It's true. It must, road rage is just going to go. A good thing, to be sure. But, uh, you know, when I reckon whenever I'm in the car, I'm not, I'm not a road rage person, but everyone gets annoyed sometimes in the car at other people's things. I turn into a 1970s bogan when I'm in the car. I use the same slang. Oh, you galah. <laughs> oh, the car's a bloody galah. It's, it's, I never say galah any, any other time. <laughs> oh, pull your head in galah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just turn into a really really patronising male. Like I'll be like, "Oh come on, love, come on, come on, come love. on love, yeah, yeah, sexist, yeah." Start mansplaining. <laughs> yeah, come on, darling, come on, you can fit in that car park, mate. Come on, <laughs> it's really bad. It's terrible. It's awful. Yeah. Do you remember that time that? Did just another thing? Did you just use the term mansplaining? I tried it on for size. It's the first time I've ever oh. used it. <laughs> Been- You're a galah, mate. You're an absolute galah for using that term. <laughs> you know, you try using a word like a catchy new term once, and you're like, "Yeah, I didn't feel good at all. Like, I don't, I'm never going to use that yeah, again." Yeah. Well, you got to try it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that time that one of your friends came to pick you up at our house, 
And at the last minute, we've gone, oh, let's play a trick on him. So I got dressed up in your clothes and put your hat on and then ran down and got in the car. And then he started driving off thinking that it was you in the car. And I, in my panic to get into the car, I forgot to put shoes on. And he's yeah. gone, oh, why are, you, why are you wearing no shoes? Uh, I don't like them. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was my quick-witted re- reply in the moment was I just don't like them. And then you just go out of the car again, didn't you? Yeah. And the weird thing is... Uh, I don't think Tim even mentioned it when I got in. When I finally got in, he didn't mention it. <laughs> From my memory, when I said, we got like around two corners and I said, oh, I'm not done, you idiot, like turn around. And yeah. he kind of went, oh, okay. And then like drove, around, drove back and then you got in and he didn't say anything. He didn't say a thing. It was like it didn't happen. I'm, still, I'm convinced we may have dreamt it up. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, very, very funny. Um, something I um, again I don't think I'm ready for a driverless car because a I've just I've just mastered cruise control so I'm not an, I'm not really an early adopter. Yeah, uh, I just tried that phrase on for the first time as well. Um, Which one? Early adopter. An early adopter. Yeah, hmm. that's alright. Came out a little bit better than mansplaining. A lot better. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I only learned the other day was you know when you you go to a petrol station and you need to remember what side of your car is your petrol tank on. Mm. On the petrol gauge, apparently there's a little triangle that points in the direction of the, um, the you know where you need to put the pump in. Yeah, I know. I've been. I just figured. I, I've been Someone told me about it a year ago. Yeah, it's not widely advertised. I don't know why. Um, there needs to be a community service announcement around that little triangle. I just thought it was just there because it's triangles are nice. Just <laughs> a little design well feature. <laughs> you might as well just put. Yeah, it's like a. <laughs> but I've been looking at a dash at least as a driver for sixteen years. Mm. Never noticed a little little triangle. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, it's odd. That's but very helpful. Yeah, because every now and again you go up to the to fill out your tank, and ninety nine percent of the time you you remember. Every now and again you're like, oh, what, what car am I in again? Yeah, where is it? Which side? Exactly yeah. right. Another possible advantage I think really is that you don't really need windows, so you can have sort of opaque. Windows, if you want, which should my biggest uh, bugbear. Just try that on for size. My biggest bugbear is <laughs> don't really know what it means. I'm gonna. Be, it may not be appropriate, but is when you pull up to a red light, and then you know the person in the car next to you. So oh. you're looking to the left, and then you make eye contact, <laughs> and all you can do is go, "Oh, hey!" You sort of muscle, muscle like a, "Hey, how you going?" And after that, there's no more possible communication that can be had. It's just the most awkward thing in the world. It you're is. looking around, you start sweating. It's the longest red light you've ever seen in your life. Just go green, go green, bloody hell! And then, and then you just start this weird. You know, you start. You pretend it's terrible. You're changing this you start, channel on the radio. Or, oh, yeah, and then you, suddenly you're paying a lot of attention to your fingernails. Maybe it's awkward. It's just the longest. I have. A, I think time actually slows down during that moment. It must. Do. It is terrible. It must do. Yeah. That's probably the biggest advantage of the self-driving car, hey? You stop those awkward traffic light moments. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Do you have any more pros or cons? Yeah, I've got a few. Here are a few cons or potential obstacles to it being um, successful. So, mm-hmm. you've got liability for damage. What's going to happen then if, like, there's a software glitch or something and then there's an accident? How are you going to attribute blame? Or who's liable for that? Are you going to try and sue the auto company? Yeah, it's massive. Like, I think we'll come back to the kind of the whole ethics around decision making in self driving cars. But 
but you're right. That is between the insurer, the automaker, and the owner. That's a nightmare to kind of, um, you know, proportion blame there. Yeah, yeah. So things like that, and then just you know, general legislation regarding um, and government regulations will take a while to catch up. To be honest, the cons aren't that bad. There's not many of them. Um, self-driving cars win this challenge. Yeah, one of them is they. Some people theorise that self-driving cars could potentially be loaded with explosives and used as bombs, as any as current cars can as well. That's right. But I guess, but I guess they can. I guess then you could hack the software that controls cars to make them kind of drive off cliffs and stuff. I guess if you were a savvy tech terrorist kind of person. Savvy tech t- Hey, I tried that phrase on Versailles. It didn't work. Don't, savvy. Don't We're using some pretty good words. I mean, <laughs> pretty good with my words tonight. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. When it, with the issue of software reliability, though, not in terms of a hacking it sense, but just in... There's, there's very few things in terms of, like, you know, websites crash all the time. They can't handle too much traffic. Like, things... Like, technology that's been around for a very long time... Still, we haven't mastered how to get things to work well all the time. And that's basic things like a website. How are we going to get yeah. this reliable enough for cars to be driving around? So that's not going to happen anytime soon, I don't think. I think that, you know, there's, the military has drones and things that are pretty sophisticated. I think the technology exists. It's just whether they're you know, left it out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. So, uh, yeah, Google's working on it. Apple is reportedly working on it. I don't think they've ever said anything. But they've been hiring a lot of car guys. That's the word around town. It's a real race, Um, isn't it? Yeah. And then a lot of the traditional car manufacturers have been in denial. And I think they've realized now that this is the future. But a lot of them are like, no, no, no. People want to... They want to drive cars and things like that. But um, it's a bit of a race now. It's funny, though, because I I was reading all the stuff around, you know, Google's got little... um, kind of beta versions on the road that they're driving across America. And I'm like, wow, this is really, really soon. And there are lots of other companies that have similar cars that they're they're testing. And then I saw that there's some towns in the UK that are kind of running a public trial of a series of driverless pods. I was getting all excited. And then I read this guy who said, you know, the prospect of a fully self-driving car anytime soon is pure science fiction. And he was like one of the head driving research guys at one of the big kind of automated car kind of organizations. So that was a bit of a dampener, a bit of a rain on my parade. We should have just mentioned that at the beginning of the episode and just signed off on a 30 second episode. (laughs) It's just not going to happen, Pure science fiction. Yep. Thanks a lot. See you next week. Um, But apparently there's, there's a... A company, a relatively new company that's, I think it's an American-based one called Tesla, mm. which they're pretty sort of techy. I think the CEO's a tech guy. And they reckon they're going to have a car that operates on autopilot 90% of the time by twenty by this year, 2016. So, bold. That's bold. I don't know, but he's calling it. So, that, well, 90% is pretty, pretty good. I wonder if they're going to do it. Like, you know how there are, there are cars that have that automatic braking within kind of... If you're going less than 30 k's an hour, it will automatically stop before you hit something. Yeah, I wonder, yeah. I wonder whether they're going to just going to gradually phase in elements of automation until, you know, we hit a tipping point and people just accept, okay, now we have self-driving cars. It's not going to be a, a big kind of bang, new car on the road thing. You're probably right. And I think it's a Mercedes or BMW have that... And Volvo have the self-parking car. You sort of press this parking button and then just parks itself. Oh, have you like been parallel. in a car that's done that? No, have you? Yeah, yeah, I've been in one. It is amazing. Yeah, right. That does it pretty well. 
Yeah, like you just sit there going, and it kind of just takes <laughs> it's like a roller coaster. <laughs> it's better than a roller coaster. It's so good. Wow. Yeah. So they're pretty common these days. I take it. Uh, yes. Yeah. They're really got pretty. The Volvos and those kind of um, European cars seem to be smashing it. And do they have electric windows as well? Oh, I don't think they're that advanced. <laughs> uh, okay. That's a bugbear. I tell you that. That's science <laughs> fiction, Don. <It's>, uh... <laughs> you can't have both. It's too much technology. Yeah. The the big thing with the self-driving car, though, seems to be ethical decision-making. And the the classic kind of thought experiment they throw up around this is a car that's driving towards a group of pedestrians. And the only option for the car is to either drive itself off a cliff or crash into the pedestrians. And what what should the car do? What's the ethical choice in that situation? Um, That's a good point. Again, there's no easy answer because it's kind of the, the tension point seems to be one approach is you just kill the least number of people is the one mm. philosophy. And the other philosophy is you, you, you know, spare the people that hold, have the least responsibility for the situation. In that case, often it's the people in the car who get, you get the bad end of the stick then and then the pedestrians get the, you know, get let off, so to speak. But there's no mm. easy answers to those kind of ethical dilemmas yeah it's a, that's a classic ethical, ethical dilemma isn't it yeah, yeah i think it's called the trolley problem is is it's been around for a long time but it it did remind mm. me of and i'm not sure if i ever spoke to you about this and this is not a funny story at all but i reckon it was one of the the top uh, three or four memorable moments from my entire schooling life um where this teacher who told this story about a truck driver who was flying down to the coast and his brakes failed, and he was going too fast. So he went up one of those ramps off. The Hang on, he was f- yeah. flying, driving a he truck. Was flying? So. Oh, driving. Sorry, yeah. yeah, driving a truck. And you know those big ramps that come off those really, really kind of steep, um, kind of mountain roads for when trucks brakes don't work. They can go up these ramps and just slow down naturally. Yeah, he his brakes weren't working. And he went up the ramp to slow down. But as he got onto the ramp, for some reason, a family had decided to have a picnic on the ramp, not uh, not thinking. Yeah. So this truck driver is flying up the ramp and realizing, I'm not going to be able to stop. So he has this decision to make. And in this is apparently a true, a true story. He then just drove his truck off the cliff to spare the family. And it was kind of mm. this real life example of, the philosophy, I think it's utilitarianism, the philosophy, and that's what it was in situation was, I'm going to kill myself to spare the family. Um, one of the most, like it was year nine and the whole class was just hanging on every word and the way the teacher told it was just the most amazing storytelling. Ah, it was phenomenal in a very, yeah. very sad story, but it was, um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty powerful. Good bloke. Ah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. I'd do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> No, shouldn't make a lot of it. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty phenomenal. So, that's self-driving cars. Uh, they might be out soon. They might not be out soon. We don't really know. No one <laughs> What happened to your voice? Something weird happened to you. I was doing a burp mid- mid-talking. <laughs> Let's start again. That was weird. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> um, thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Mm-hmm.